0: Yeah. It's my team, Yeah, 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 yeah. It's your boy Gully. Down tuned the room twelve thirty one dopest podcast brought to you by LSO ENT. And today I got a special guest with me.
1: Yeah.
0: And we got a topic we're gonna to discuss today is gonna to be about mental health and drug addiction, or, or just addiction in general. Because I think that most people actually are addicted to things or have addictive behaviors. We just, we're not really aware of it because we don't see it as a, a negative thing. You feel me? Right. Like, like, um especially in America, a lot of people have, like, food addiction. Mm-hmm. Um. So I think that, that that's a common thing. So when people hear the term addiction, they really kind of think, oh, like, oh, you're a drug addict or, mm-hmm. like. They don't even really think alcohol, because a lot of people are fucking alcohol yeah. addicts, and they don't yeah. even know that. Like and
1: pills,
0: yeah, yeah, yep. oh yeah, pills is pills, yeah. At one point in time, like when it came to pills, um, I, niggas been doing pills, like yeah. drug dealers been doing pills and shit like that. And you know what? What else surprised me? A lot of niggas sniff coke, and I didn't know that.
1: Coke is one of those things. There's it's like a, a behind the scenes type thing. So, a lot of people do coke, but it's so normalized t- in certain rooms, but some people hide it, but I think that's one of the most biggest things that people do.
0: Yeah, but niggas yeah. used to do coke back in the day, not niggas.
1: Shit.
0: I, I, maybe the niggas out there the niggas hanging around that shit. There's a,
1: a video of um Papa, what's his, Puff Daddy doing it too. Well, wealthy
0: people did yeah. coke. Wealth- yeah. Wealthy people have done coke for years, but... Like it's become the average nigga drug now.
1: Yeah, that's I mean, what I mean. I mean, well, why do you think that is though? Because niggas like to do drugs. Mm-hmm. That's why.
0: And they said, "Oh shit!" Someone said, "Oh, this us coke get you right." And they, they sniff it. And the, oh, you sniffed it before?
1: No, I, I haven't. No, so how I fuck fuck you haven't. I about to... A, <laughs> <do>. <laughs> The fuck? <laughs> no, but I'm I'm saying like I've I know people that have done it. Okay. I haven't done it. Yeah. But I know people that have.
0: So how you know and get them right? Like because they, I've seen them, they'd be like, seen "Oh, them I it. feel good." They feel
1: good. They okay. they're they, they're partiers. They like to get with, how, you know, they love it. So I've seen where it can take
0: them. Oh, but
1: I, I haven't done it.
0: I heard um, people that do coke, they tend to like do coke and like have sex all, all day. Mm. Mm.
1: That may be true. The people I've seen doing it, they do it and then they just go on with their day to day activities.
0: So they're functional. They're functional cokeheads. Yeah, so they'll
1: they'll do coke and then they'll go to a party or they'll go to brunch or an event to kind of give them an extra buzz. Just kind of like how people do Zans before they go.
0: Yeah, I don't know nothing about that, to be honest with you. About Uh, (laughs) about people doing Zans. I know people do that type of stuff, but I don't know anybody that does it and that I know and they told me they do it me now I actually I do. I think I know um I had a friend and I still I'm still friends with him but um he I think he was doing pills. I don't know what kind of pills he was doing. But, mm-hmm. I, was but I do know um a person I did coke that I was really cool with uh and I'm still cool with the person but uh they did coke but they were like they was like like um they would do Coke and they'll be like MIA for days and the people they was with they would sit there and like do coke I guess from sun up to sun. Down. Like, yeah
1: they're they're addicts,
0: yeah like that's crazy like yeah
1: that's in, that's insane now that's when you have a problem, that's when you have a problem now I get it, the people that do it for fun'm not saying I would do it, but the when you're doing it from sun up to sundown, that's a problem, you know what that's I, an issue,
0: it is an issue, but mm-hmm. you know what, I think with a lot of drugs is it starts off as fun
1: and then it and then it progresses into other things, yes, and that's typically how addiction starts though. Mm-hmm. So it'll start off, okay, well, I'm feeling it. I'm, you know, I'm having a bad day or I want to get a buzz for this event. And then the more tolerance you get to it, that's just how far it progresses.
0: True. And you know, one thing I didn't mention is you actually work Mm -hmm. with drug addicts. I do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I mean, I work in detox. Yes. How is that? Eventful.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes. And you mean, do, you do, do you get to learn some of these people's backstories?
1: I do. Well, I only have a certain amount of time to learn their backstories, mm-hmm. but um, I do. I talk to their loved ones. I talk to, you know, the people that are going through it with them. I talk to them. It's just, it's so many factors that plays a part in it. It's just a whole, it's just a big spider web. It's just very devastating.
0: It's a fucking mess. It's
1: a fucking mess. It's It's horrible, yes. <laughs>
0: Has um, anyone that you've worked with died?
1: Um, I've had people that I worked with be in the first stages of cirrhosis.
0: I don't know what cirrhosis. That's a, is. That's, that's a liver disease. Okay, um, okay. from
1: alcoholism. Um, so I've had people that are their skin is yellow, mm-hmm. so they're dying, or in the stages of you know cirrhosis. And um, I've had one patient that have came back to the well. We got no like notice that he passed. From an overdose. On what? I don't know. I can't remember what his drug of choice was. It was so long ago, but we did get notification that he had.
0: So cirrhosis, they skin started t- turning yellow because they're poisoned. They're like so it's
1: poisoned. jaundice. So because of the disease of the, with the liver, it's an, a symptom of cirrhosis. So jaundice, where your skin turns yellow. Mm-hmm. So if we have patients that come in and they're chilling, and then the next day they wake up in the morning and then their skin is yellow um because their you know their symptoms are you know peeking out that day they
0: come in the next day look like simpsons
1: look, <laughs> yes basically <laughs> that's
0: fucked up you laughing too i'm laughing because i didn't up.
1: expect you to say the simpsons but technically yes that's yes. crazy it is fucked up it's just like that or it be in their neck sometimes it's not their face it be their neck it be their head it be their face their eyes it just be everything yellow.
0: And God forgive me because I drink and I've drunk a lot and I don't want to ever, ever, ever wake up and, and my skin is yellow. But my, I'm pretty brown. I don't know how yellow a nigga can get. Mm, but
1: they how much you done drink before I uh, talking about my patients.
0: Man, listen, when I was in college, because I didn't really drink. I graduated when I was 17 and I didn't really drink um, alcohol like that. I'm a person that wasn't really doing that type of stuff growing up. Mm-hmm. Definitely my mom would not have allowed that, even though most parents ain't allowing Only the Terrible parents would be like, "Oh, you can go drink and smoke." Yeah, you know I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So I didn't. I I didn't probably have my first drink until after I graduated, and I, I drank a lot in college. You know, college. You you be like, you be turned up. You like, you free from your parents. You mm-hmm. like, went to. I went to Edinburgh University. Okay. It's up there, um, close to Erie, Pennsylvania. Cold as fuck. Okay. okay. And um, I went there, and you know, like. You just young, you get uh uh if, if you if you doing making foolish mistakes, you out there getting a refund check, ooh. you feel me? Mm-hmm. Like nigga yeah. get, don't
1: oh, let it be over a
0: thousand dollars. It's always over a thousand dollars. Yeah, it's always over a thousand dollars. Nigga don't live in on, on campus, you but, know. What ooh, I'm yeah. yeah. You get you getting, you know, mm-hmm. so so you can you can buy a bottle, you know what I'm saying? You got a bottle, ain't nobody can tell you, you know what I'm saying?
1: Like a bottle, you can buy shit for me black and mouse. Uh-huh. people find weed i ain't do weed though mm-hmm. but you know i get it i seen it.
0: so yeah i was drinking i was mm-hmm. drinking a lot yo, For real, for i was drinking mm-hmm. a lot and even after that i was drinking a lot i mean i i really just slowed down a little bit like the last month for, mm-hmm. for, so mm-hmm. but it but it, like i I'm, I'm not a fan of the way liquor tastes so mm-hmm. i kind of slowly went towards like um wine and champagne, but when I'm drinking, I'm like I'll mix drinks. I mix dark with light. I I fucking I'm gonna drink the whole bottle. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Um
1: so if you aren't a fan of vodka, then what are you mixing your champagne and wine with? Are you mixing that or are you just doing it by itself?
0: No, I'm doing it by itself, but if Mm -hmm. I got champagne and wine I'll mix them together. together? Yeah. yeah. I'm and I'm just gonna drink, drink, drink and drink. There's no limit. My stomach's not gonna hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I'm just gonna drink, 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 and drink. Mm-hmm. Until I go to sleep and I feel great. I have the, some of the best sleep ever.
1: So you drink to sleep?
0: No, so I drink to drink to and drink. then I sleep good. Sleep
1: good. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: But you know what? Sometimes I, I would drink um, out of being bored or it'll take like, like I'm an antisocial person. I'm like mm-hmm. stick to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I drink, I just become open. Yeah. And chilling. Well, you
1: know, that's one of the main reasons why people become addicts. Because of the tolerance. And it's like a hidden tolerance, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I get it because I also struggle with just kind of like social stuff like that. And so sometimes people use drugs or alcohol for creativity or, Mm -hmm. you know, because they want to feel good. And then we're talking about drugs, you know, and people with addiction. That's one of the biggest things why people go to that is because it's kind of like we're drowning ourselves in, you know, substances and not really, you know, just sitting in whatever it is that we're sitting in. If that makes sense.
0: It does make sense. It's because a lot of people, like 99% of people are traumatized. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't know how to deal with the trauma because it's not something that in this country that's readily um, spoken about up up, up until the recent times Mm -hmm, it has mm -hmm. been. But it's not something like as a child, no one's telling you how to deal with your problems. Usually if you're a kid and you're crying, they like, shut the fuck up. Mm hmm. Go, go the fuck, go lay your ass down, you know what yeah, I'm saying, yeah. and so like, you might have issues, and you know, it can be something very small, like you're getting bullied, or you know, you don't like the way you look, you know what I'm saying, and then like, all of that builds up, and once it's never like, treated as a kid, when you become an adult, it don't go away,
1: no, it doesn't,
0: you just try to figure out how to deal with it, and you subconsciously may not know that this is how you're trying to deal with it, but then you might be sniffing lines of coke. You know what I'm saying? you yeah. like, oh, that shit feel good. Or drinking. Yeah, yeah. Or drinking. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Next thing you know, you ain't drinking, you getting drunk. The, the bottle drinking you. You feel mm-hmm. me? And mm-hmm. now you can't, you so lost in the sauce. You just, this is this, is be, this has become life.
1: Mm-hmm. You know I actually happen to be a child that experienced Just I don't want to say like emotional neglect. Like but I, me and my mom never, I love you like that when I was young so I will say as an adult it is hard to kind of like balance like you know deal with those emotions that you tend to deal with that typically typically make people drink um so I get it but I will say just amount of stuff the amount of stuff I've went through um there is no fun in being the victim nobody really cares It's a fact. You can drink yourself to death and go through all the shit in the world, but then nobody really cares about it. So then at what point do you start getting help because nobody cares? You know? Yeah. Well, I think. Because you brought up childhood trauma. It's like, let's talk about it. Like, everybody has childhood trauma, but then it's like, does the world really care about it? Is that a subject that's really even being talked about that much today?
0: No, besides um, the only trauma they talking about is all this pedophilia going around. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Which is fucking crazy. Yeah. But um, no, no one's talking about it. No one cares. But you know what? hmm The person that should care is you.
1: Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
0: And we got to get comfortable loving ourselves enough that we want more. And now. Yeah. Yeah. Granted, a lot of us are ignorant. We don't know we got, we're traumatized. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you're right. You're we right. don't know. We like, man, I don't know why I feel this way. You feel me? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go and drink this liquor, and I feel great now. And I don't you even drown think about it. my emotions
1: in yeah. it, and then i feel better. Hell yeah. yeah. You, you,
0: listen, when you drunk, you don't think about none of that shit. You know what no. I'm saying? I ain't going to lie. When I drunk, I wouldn't even give a fuck if I was going to die. Mm-hmm. That's just how I well, be. Well, depends
1: on how much you're drinking. How much you're drinking? Um, are you drinking two glasses, three glasses, four glasses? What I, you not drink?
0: I told you, I don't drink no one or two, three. I'm drinking the whole bottle. Whole bottle. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but then so, we
1: wake up the next day, the emotions still there.
0: No, I feel good the next day most okay? of the time. Oh yeah. okay. Yeah, no, I don't good. be getting hangovers like that. You know what I'm saying? I'll be, I'll be, I'm great the next day. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I feel great. Might yeah. even drink again the next day. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. no, I never had that. But some of your um. People that's been, um, I said been, people that was at the, um, what is this shit called? The but rehab. The rehab,
1: yes. Rehab. Well, detox, yes.
0: Detox. So, okay, so what's the difference between rehab and detox?
1: So, detox is, oh, sorry. Let me speak. No, you're good. So, detox is um, when the patients come in and they're coming off of whatever substances that they were on. So, if they come in and they're on alcohol or opiates or um, what else? Meth, yes, yes, or methadone or anything like that, then they're coming in and they're taking medication to detox from whatever it is that they're on. Okay. And then from there, we motivate them to go to rehab. Rehab, um, so there's different types of rehabs. You got residential, where they live there for whatever amount of time, and then you step down to different levels of care that, you know, you go to, like, five times throughout the week, three times throughout the week. But essentially the goal is for them to go to residential, which is where they're staying away from the substances for a longer period of time. But okay. you know, that's very difficult for them to do. So
0: so detox might be like a mini intervention.
1: Yes. Yes. So we do, um, we don't do family therapy, but we do, do interventions. So like I said, um before we got on the podcast earlier like we have to call the loved ones um and ask them their side of the story in regards to their loved one using and drinking so that way we can have a higher chance of getting them to rehab but unfortunately sometimes we'll talk to certain loved ones and they don't want their loved ones to, go to rehab. so we have those that do and then from there that's how we kind of develop the plan for them so, if you have a wife or a spouse, um, husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, mom, dad, that is totally holding boundaries, cause that's what addiction is about holding boundaries for your person to get help. If you have a person that's holding boundaries, then nine times out of ten, or hopefully that person will go to rehab. But sometimes it doesn't work that way.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, a person just got to be like what I learned because I thought was something that. That was someone that was dealing with addiction. I learned that mm-hmm. no matter what you say to a person, you cannot say that person. They got to be wanting to say themselves. You know what I'm saying? Now, you can motivate and inspire somebody. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But until that person really want to stop, they're going to keep doing what they're going to do. And, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. a good bit of them die.
1: They they die or um they lose everything that they've, they've been given. That could be their kids. I've seen people lose their kids, lose custody of their kids, lose their jobs, their marriages. Um, Yes. So a person, unfortunately, has to be ready to get clean in order for it to work. Um, But everybody's low is different.
0: Yeah. Uh, yes. a, a motherfucker will lose their house, kids, and still be out and there. And still be, and be out there. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Well, you
1: see, yes, and you seen Lamar Odom in his documentary. I didn't you know, see the Well, yeah, the, he has one out, and the guy from TMZ interviews him. He says um, Lamar was on in a coma, and he said that wasn't even his low. That was not his low.
0: So what was his low? He said his low
1: was realizing there was a purpose to life, and it's so simple. But yeah, that he that was. His low. And some addicts do feel that way. If you tell addicts and you, you say, "Hey, you know, what do you feel about the Lamar Odom?" Because I've asked my patients about that, like, "What's your take on that documentary?" And they're like, "Yes." Like when you realize that life is short and you know you can't get up every day and decide to keep using, that's when you want to get clean. But it's it's a decision that ultimately they have to make.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and agree. And it's it's difficult,
1: but I mean.
0: So what's usually the average age that you see when you dealing with people?
1: Um, the average age I see is like 40 and
0: up. 40 and up? Mm-hmm. Those motherfuckers been doing drugs for They've like They've been doing years. that shit
1: for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see. And unfortunately, like we were talking about childhood trauma, a lot of them started drinking and using when they were, like, 13, 14.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And, you know, so not to mention all the other stuff they was going through as kids. Yeah. But, yeah, they started at that young of an age. But.
0: So these people, when they're telling you their story and they've been using that um, early, is there usually some type of physical or sexual abuse involved that they mention? That sounds like um, some shit like that might be involved.
1: I hear a couple sexual abuses. Not a lot. Mm-hmm. I do hear a couple sexual abuses. I hear um, a lot of dad issues, um, unfortunately, which is most of us in America. Um, hey,
0: we're not going to blame all the dads now.
1: Oh, um, no. There's a lot of <laughs> yeah, good dads yeah, yeah, out yeah, there, yeah, but yeah. I'm saying, but that is mostly what I hear. Yeah. daddy, Daddy issues. And 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 the funny thing is, I used to think that was such a corny term, um, but you know, it's a real thing. A lot of dads are failing their children.
0: A lot of parents are failing their children. A lot of parents let, are. Let, let, let's say that, and the reason why I say that because
1: you sound like you've ex- you you have a you experienced it, so you understand it.
0: No, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was not there for me, and to this day, he kind of is not there for me. <laughs> you know yeah, got, hey. I got a stepdad, though. Um, me too. But the thing is, like, I I like to, I try to like steer away from just making it one-sided because mm-hmm. it has always been like a lot of dads are not there, and there's a lot of dads that's not there. But be, just because the father ain't there does not mean the mother or the other guardian, whoever's taking care, is not as toxic as the person that's not there. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you do need both parents in the household, but you also need both good, healthy parents. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And I think that women get children. I don't think I know by default because that's how usually the system is set up. Mm-hmm. However, just because that woman has that child does not mean she's not causing harm to that child mentally and emotionally, and sometimes physically.
1: You yeah. So you feel like. Ultimately, daddy issues are a thing, but moms play a big role in it as well.
0: I think both parties play a big role in it. Now, you have a a, a lot of single women that do an amazing job, do what they can. You Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? Now, they might pass on some other bad traits to that child, but no one's perfect, right? Mm -hmm. But um, I definitely think there's a lot of people that suffer from daddy issues, but I also think that there's a lot of people that are fucked up because that parent whether that's a mom or dad that's mm-hmm. raising them is fucked up or causing damage to them as well mm-hmm. there's a lot of abuse going on in households yeah um that um, i don't feel women get held accountable for.
1: yes that is true and in most situations just kind of like you talk about like pedophilia and stuff like that there's the women cases are lower and essentially to men but i do feel like um I don't know it it just makes you wonder why is why are dads you know the highlight and not moms is it a purport like a percentage thing especially if we say let's talk about the black community is it a percentage thing or what do you think it is why do you feel like women are not being as held accountable
0: um i just don't think society wants to hold women accountable for nothing like mm-hmm. i feel like and don't get me wrong. I think women have been oppressed for such a long time, and they are actually thriving um, these days. In my personal opinion, now is everything a hundred percent fear? No, no one's a hundred percent fear for no uh, mm-hmm. fear for nobody, especially nobody black. But um, I feel like it's we live in a world currently where it's like uh, women can do no wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and then it's not even just women. It's just society as a whole. Like, if you don't want to date a transgender, they you're you're bashing transgender. You know mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's like like we live in such a sensitive society where it's like yo, you gotta do what I say or just just a problem. You know what, mm-hmm, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I feel like there is um, I think there is a, a mixture of uh, both men and women that are fucking no good parents. Whether your kids live with you and you out partying two four seven three sixty five and then ne- neglecting that kid, that's mm-hmm. bad. That's bad.
1: Well, I I personally think. That it's essentially, I don't know, maybe I'm just going to be biased because I think essentially, you know, women, it's about the men that they choose. I think we are very emotional creatures. And I think that when we're having sex with men and we're dating men and being with men, we choose to be with men that we know ultimately we don't see ourselves with for a long period of time. And so I feel like with a man, you know, of course he's going to, you know, be intimate with you, even if he doesn't want you. And so that's when that baby is formed. And unfortunately, in the community, that's in our black community, that's what happens. That's like a repetitive cycle. Like, that's literally all I've seen since, you know, from my, you know, upbringing into now. Like, that's what women do. That's what we're comfortable with. We're comfortable with settling. And I think that ultimately, when we find ourselves in the ugly relationship, then that's when we start showing horrible behaviors as a mom because we're so codependent on a man. I think it just depends on the emotional aspect of it. Cause I'm not saying that women don't do things that aren't, you know, okay. But I just think ultimately it's because we settle for the wrong man. I agree. I agree. Because there's more dads that aren't present. than you know, not to say that there's not women out there that are, that suck ass and they're not doing shit, but I'm just saying like, ultimately, there's a lot of male figures that aren't showing up as fathers.
0: I agree, but that's why I said, like, I kind of like we'll get back on the
1: we'll get back topic. On it. Yeah, we can get <laughs> back on
0: that. I, I agree, and, and I'm gonna say this. I agree, and I, I I I try to play both sides of the fence because I also do know that some men are not present
1: mm-hmm.
0: because some women make it difficult to be present, and that is not an answer. That's not a justification whatsoever. Yes. But
1: I've seen that. Yes,
0: there's a lot of bitter women running around where the relationship is dead, and because the relationship is dead, I'm gonna make it hell for you to be in your child's and life. And that's
1: exactly why I'm not letting. Just I'm waiting until. Listen, that's exactly why I'm this close to waiting until marriage till I have a baby. That don't mean shit. It don't mean shit, but it gives me a higher chance to make my family good. No, it don't. Yes, it do. No, it don't. If it don't turn out right, I'll figure it out.
0: Hey, listen, I'm not disagreeing, <laughs> but in America.
1: Mostly, <laughs> no, I see what you're saying. So, What you're saying is that it, just because I get married doesn't mean that I don't risk the chances of being cheated on or a man not showing up for my kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that I'm not exempt from that, but what I am saying is that based on all the stuff I've learned, From me breaking generational curses and trying to set myself up for success, um, and just the stuff I've observed, yes, I will make sure that the man I'm with that has my kids has a higher chance of us being a successful family.
0: Hey, I'm not mad at that. Mm -hmm. I preach, and I just talking to my friend about this. I was like, "Listen, it's very important that we understand Mm -hmm. who you having the fucking kids." On yes. both sides. Yes, like, yes. Understand for sure. You cannot be having kids with just anybody you because You can't be
1: having sex with anybody. That's
0: a hundred percent fact. That's a hundred percent fact. But yeah. even if you having sex with just anybody, you don't have to be getting off in up. You don't have to be sleeping with a raw. There's so many ways that you men, can protect yourself.
1: Who do you think the blame is for that raw shit though? I think uh, men both I parties. think men really. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. I think, I've i seen a lot of men who be the ones that's like, yeah, let, me, let me let me take it off. Like, you know. And
0: there's it just about any women that is not fighting that, really? that request. Really? Yeah, there's really? just about, if a man say he's going to take it off, I would say one out of four women is going to be like, uh-uh, keep that thing going. Keep, it, I think keep the, that shit on there. Yeah, no. I think the other three is going to be like, all right, let's, let's go. <laughs> they're going to just go with it. Then they're going to say this, I didn't know when they did know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I just think that's how society rolls, and that doesn't t- make it bad on a man or a woman. It's just that I really think that both people know what the fuck going on, mm-hmm. and people are doing dumb, irresponsible shit. I mean, we like to play Russian roulette, mm-hmm. and um, thinking that you're never going to be the person to get hit.
1: Well, I know this may feel personal, but what's your situation like? I know you have a kid.
0: Uh-huh. What's your situation like? With what? My daughter's mom. Yeah, she, she she's unpresent.
1: Unpresent.
0: Yeah, I'm a I'm a um I'm a single dad. I'm a I'm like a single mom out this bitch. Really? That's a fact. Mm-hmm. I'm not lying.
1: How old is your kid?
0: My daughter, fifteen.
1: Hmm. And you feel like your mom, the mom is not present.
0: I don't feel like I know. Like I live it. Mm-hmm. I a a am really a single parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, how I'm does a, that
1: feel for you? How do you maneuver the like? How is it for your daughter? For you
0: uh, guys? I feel fucking great. Yeah. I ain't never, I ain't never felt a struggle in my bone, but I, I didn't get it. She was 10. Mm-hmm. So that the younger years is pushed aside already in terms right. of like, that's the most difficult years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We can go put this on pause, but um, just to let you know, like I, I, I I'm good. Mm-hmm. I ain't complaining. I love yeah. it. That's yeah. what I wanted. Not to say I wanted to be a single parent, But I always wanted to be able to make sure my daughter's good. And that's being the person I take care of, I can make sure my daughter's good. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm good. That's good. Great. But, you know, as far as the effects it has on her, I I mean, I'm sure it's traumatizing. And Mm -hmm. I I do want to put her, I actually do want to put her in therapy, um, to be honest with you. Um, Get her some type of help. Because I don't, like, she's cool, but you know how we are. Like, Mm -hmm. as kids, especially as black people, we just, like, we just kind of like dug it out. We just, just dug said, it out. Yeah.
1: yeah. Or we feel like, oh, we'll get over it. It's mm-hmm. not that big of a deal.
0: Next thing you know, yeah. you, you fucking 25 sniffing coke. And sniffing coke. Smoking meth. You know what and, I'm saying?
1: Creating <laughs> relationships and codependent with every fucking body on the street. Yeah, so, exactly.
0: Yeah. Or you out there just getting like pounded out left and Pound- right. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like that's how you Pass get Passing around. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but, um. You know and that's and that's crazy because a lot of things we do do affect uh, kids, and I think that's the most important thing you know you had some trauma and things of that that nature that that you want to talk about as well, right
1: mhm, yeah. yeah, well, you know you know I just and I guess just to piggyback off of you know what you you said you want to put your daughter in therapy, I think that's an excellent idea because the earlier they get into it they're the quicker it is that we can nip stuff in the bud that can potentially affect, you know, the long-term. Um, so, yeah, me, personally, um, I do have a stepdad. I have a biological father. I'm not as close with my biological father. He, When he divorced my mom, he pretty much divorced me and my brother. So it was just an awkward situation there. Um, but, you know, my stepdad, he was like Superman, and I think the only thing I'm struggling with now is just that he was on crack. <laughs> Isn't your that step, something I stepdad?
0: ever thought? Yes, yes. Well, be, before we mention how your stepdad, you know, did drugs, let's say shout-out mm-hmm. to the stepdads.
1: Shout-out to him, yes.
0: And I'm not mad at anybody that's being a stepdad, but I'll tell you what. I'm not about to be nobody's stepdad, the motherfucking multiple kids. Not at all. Now, two kids is the max. I was going
1: to say, that's cap. You know you don't be nobody's stepdad.
0: Two, two kids is the max. Mm-hmm. But the people that got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine million.
1: No, yeah, you're not finna play that. No,
0: sorry, love. Listen, and then you know, the crazy thing is, we'll get back on time. I'm sorry, I just got rant. No, you good? Go ahead. These people that be having like multiple kids, mm-hmm. they be wanting a nigga to come in their life, mm-hmm. take care of them and their kids. And if the man that does that or a woman that does that, power to you. You're a re- great person. Right, right. They don't even be want to have no more kids, but you want me to take care of your seventeen minions. Mm, what kind of selfish shit is that?
1: That's different, though. I'm good. That just yeah, that's different. That's that's, that's different. Yeah, yeah. That's just not the woman you need to be with. Nah. She she just want a man that can finalize her life plan. Mm-hmm. She don't want no more kids. She just wants you to be there and meet her where she at.
0: Yeah, I'm good. Even. That that's that, that that's 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 not a win that's
1: not a win because you want you want more kids
0: well, I'm not saying I want more kids, mm-hmm. I'm just saying in general, like yeah. how can you now granted some men might might be okay with that, mm-hmm. or some women might be okay with that, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying how are you gonna have a whole gang with you and you're mm-hmm. done having kids, but you expect a person to come in their they're like father or be a parent to your kids, uh-huh. And that's supposed to be a plus?
1: Yeah. Hell no, ain't no goddamn plus. Some men like that. Some men want to play stepdaddy. Some men, some men like the, you know, I see that she need me and I, and I see that, you know, in in this place in her life, she needs a man that can take care of her, her kids. Some men like that. Some men want to provide. But, you know, some, you know, I just think some women just be going out looking to use people. That's not, that's not okay. A lot. That's not okay. It's never okay. But I think that some men do like, you know, providing and and being there.
0: Listen, I'm good. Really? But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm not about to be stepdaddy to hundred and one Dalmatians. I'm good. Yeah. But we got you. Go let's go back to um your father. You said your father was a uh stepdad was an amazing father. Yes. Um prior to his abuse mm-hmm. and now even though he's been abusing whatever he's been abusing did you ever notice it or was he just like a functional addict
1: um i did not throughout the years i didn't know but then when it started getting worse when i was about to graduate high school i didn't notice um i didn't like i didn't know like all the big things that my mom was experiencing but I did see like the behaviors like, um like you know him coming home slamming doors angry agitated um if you look into the AA book it's it talks about how alcoholics are you know um agitated irritable you know all that good stuff yeah. like he was literally all of that um you know just he wasn't yeah. You you just kind of see them kind of falling off track. And you see them, when they're irritable, that means they're only focused on one thing. And, you know, they're not focused on you or the home. They're focusing on whatever substance that they're using. So that's what I saw. But I caught it when I was going off to school. Um, So obviously my mom experienced it longer than I did, obviously. But I caught it when I was about to graduate high school. And then when I left, that's when she. Did her part and left,
0: oh so she left home mm-hmm.
1: oh okay. she did she got her an apartment and um mm-hmm. got her an apartment and moved out. that's
0: what's up, and I applaud her for doing that because yeah, it, you know it I guess it's like
1: it wasn't it wasn't easy though let me say that let me let me not let me just not i hate to make it like this woman empowerment thing because it's not that it's it wasn't easy. Like she, she loves my stepdad and they're still together to this day, but it was a decision that she had to make because it was essentially harming, um, her and just the family in general, but most importantly her because she couldn't, she did what she couldn't couldn't do it anymore.
0: Do they got any kids together? No. Okay. okay. No, he,
1: my stepdad has kids, older kids, like thirties, forties. Um, and then it's just me and my brother, my brother's 32. Okay, and I'm 29. Yeah, so yeah, so he we they don't have kids together.
0: Okay, so he so he was like me. He had a two two kid limit. He said nah, after that he ain't doing. He that not doing it no yeah, more. So I don't seen. think.
1: Yeah, no, I don't think him and my mom. They was like, nah. Yeah. When they got together, they ain't had no more kids. Yeah, so.
0: she 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 might have been happy she ain't had no kids. He was acting a fool. Shit. Yeah. Have been more stress. That would have been too yeah, much stress. yeah. 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 But so. I do applaud her because, and it's and this, this kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a tough thing because I dealt with someone that that was addicted to drugs, and part mm-hmm. of you want to help that person because you know who they are. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're like, damn, mm-hmm. like that's my homie or whatever. Like, I love this person. I want to see them do good. But then another part is like, it's it's hurting me. You know. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. whole thing is, I have a thing like I don't give a fuck about a lot of shit to be honest with you. But if you fuck with my health, you fuck with my family, you fuck with my money. Now we got a problem.
1: Yeah. You know what I'm saying. And and the biggest thing about drugs is just kind of like similar to, um, the devil is out to seek to kill, steal and destroy. Um, so drugs, you, you may know that person and you may know that person is an amazing person. Y'all have done so much together. You know who they are without drugs, but once drugs are in the system it's a completely different, is different. I'm telling you. They are not the same person that you know from Y'all was like kids, or when you met and y'all fell in love at first. Like this, it's none of that. All of that's out the window.
0: Yeah, you talking to the drug? Right you, talking now. To the drug. Yeah.
1: you talking to the drug? you talking to the drug? It doesn't matter.
0: I'm telling you, and and, this, and like this might sound crazy to somebody, but honestly, like I think when people do drugs, like and they're like full fledged addicts, like mm-hmm. they're possessed. And I and the reason why I said this, y'all, I was um, talking to this girl. And um, she was doing drugs. Like, she was, like, a drug. She became, like, a drug addict. Yo, and I would have, like, weird situations happen. Like, I remember one time I called her phone. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, um, ringing. And it was, it started just going to voicemail. But, like, it went to the voicemail. And I don't know if you ever had this, but it started, it was, like, you ever call a phone or something and mm-hmm. it start malfunctioning and you just start hearing, like, static on it and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, hearing static. And I was, like, hearing noises in the static, like a voice talking in the static. It was almost, like, white noise kind of strange. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one time I was with her and she was with her sister and her sister was like the one that introduced her to the drugs. And um, one day I was with her and her sister, I was like, yeah, come with me, man. You got to stop doing this. And her sister was there and it was almost like God and the devil. And I'm like, come here. Like, and her sister's like, no, come with me. And she had like this evil smile on her face. And it was like, come with me. No, nah, come with me. And it was literally like God and the devil like, "Nah, let me help you. And the devil was like, Oh, come with me. Mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. ended up going with her. You know sister, yeah, Yeah. she ended up going with her, and it was almost like I said. It was like almost like a possession. I I would call her, and they would just get like static. She wouldn't even get my phone calls. I'll just get the static, and I'm like, Shh, and I can hear like
1: things yeah. being said in the. It was like oh, evil. really
0: fucking weird. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm saying? It mm-hmm. was like really, really, really weird, and I felt like at that point, like, um. Evil was so mad at me that I was in there trying to save save this individual and I ended up helping her relocate and to my knowledge she hasn't been on drugs ever since exactly. you know what I'm saying so like I did my good deed you know what I'm saying yeah. so but it was those really weird
1: evil. it is evil it's evil yeah. whether it is just like a person I feel like a person that's suicidal and you have those evil thoughts in your head that's telling you to do X, Y, Z I think it's the same way as drugs yeah. You know, but the difference is your dopamine, you the you you're craving, you know, for your dopamine levels to rise again. Mm-hmm. So it's just kinda like it's it's typically out of your control. But in order for you to gain control, you're gonna do any and everything to make sure you gain that control again. So it's evil, it's scary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, only a few make it. Some some do, some don't. Some most don't. Most don't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I know, um I know a few people do, you know, the lifestyle Homegirl was living. Mm -hmm. I know a few people that overdose and die. You know, and and these, and and the one chick was like, maybe twenty seven years old. Mm -hmm. Um, and especially now because they're starting to put like, uh, uh, what's that shit? Um, Fentanyl. Fentanyl everything. Yeah. Fucking everything. It's in
1: everything. Everything. Some of my patients come and we're talking about their treatment plan and stuff. After that, and they're like, I didn't even know I had fentanyl in my system because they thought they were just taking Xanax or some pills off the street that they saw and then when we do their drug screen it has fentanyl in it. and they're like shit I didn't even know that. that fentanyl is lacing everything that's fucked up it is fucked up like
0: it's so fucked up like mm-hmm. I, I just watched somebody on tiktok um and she was um some random person i'd be watching random tiktok videos mm-hmm. and she posted something like people got to stop like um putting fentanyl in and and stuff, and I'm like, just you know, she, she had like a little story. I don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with TikTok, and she I was do like, I love TikTok, showing images, and I guess her mom went out to like buy weed and smoke some weed, and it was laced with fentanyl, and ended up in and dying, you know, in the house with her kids. Oh, my. Yeah, and I'm like, yo, y'all niggas is really like, yah, it's not that serious, bro. Like, mm-hmm. why, why was you put fentanyl in a drug? I know to stretch it. But like and some weed though. And some
1: weed is it's addictive.
0: Yeah. But yo, that's weird. It's fuck it's
1: it's weird because it's slick like homicide. Like
0: it is homicide. You, you killing sure. people.
1: You, you know what I'm saying? But fentanyl is an an addictive substance. Like once a person's on fentanyl, it's just kinda like crack. Like it's it's just the high is just it's euphoric. Euphoric. It's yeah. it's amazing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And people just start going for it as much as they can
0: and that's the that's the crazy thing though like an addict if someone's buying weed off of you or buying coke or whatever they're buying off of you obviously they want this shit
1: mm-hmm. you don't
0: gotta make them an addict to make them come back if it's good they they're come gonna back. come back yeah. fuck is you gonna do that that's crazy that's crazy Yeah, like it's dumb as fuck like that but you know drugs fuck. is
1: money i don't give a fuck that they're killing people it's money Not a
0: dead nigga ain't bringing you no money Unless you got life insurance, I mean, on a dead them.
1: nigga is hella dead niggas that, that used to bring money, but when they gone, there's just people just still giving the money.
0: Yeah, but you can have more money if he's alive and the customer service is great.
1: Yeah. But, That's, uh, but then I feel like you have those addicts that, not addicts, those dealers that, you know, are like, hey, you know, they're somewhat respectful to the community and yeah. they don't want people to die. But I just don't. Mm-mm. Addicts, people that sell drugs, they're not focused on that. They're focused on the money, the profit, all of that, like Scarface.
0: I agree. But you know what yeah. I also think is going on is I think a lot of people that get drugs, they're at the bottom of the total pole. Mm-hmm. So they don't know it's already laced with something. So... you
1: talking about the people that are using the drugs.
0: No, no, the people that are selling it. So may- maybe I buy... True, me, that is
1: very accurate. Yes.
0: Person at the top, he's the Mexican cartel, and he done cut the coke with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. He sold it to him. I bought it from him. That bought it from him. That bought, bought it from him. Now I got something. I'm just trying to sell me some coke, but mm-hmm. half of it's fentanyl. It's, and it's I don't slice know. Of yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. Because you not you ain't the plug. You yeah. just well, you ain't middleman. So you just moving. This yeah, shit. what's in the coke?
1: 100%
0: coke. <laughs> Or is it 5%? You don't know. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, you're just selling it. Now, some people are intentionally getting fentanyl and cutting it with it. But who really... Most people don't got access to fentanyl just in no. the lab laboratory. Because I heard that shit, like if it blows on you, can OD and die. Yeah, it's so strong. Yeah,
1: yeah. That shit's... Just, it's just
0: yeah, man. Life's fucked up, man. Life is fucked
1: up. You got to make choices. We all got choices.
0: Hell yeah. And, and um, you know, alcohol is probably one of the Silent um drug addiction. It's a silent killer. It,
1: it creeps up on you. There, yeah.
0: Liver damage.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I told you, the my patients that I've seen with cirrhosis mm-hmm. and all of that. But I don't know. It seems like alcohol is also an easy, like, one of the easiest things to get addicted to as well. That's just in my opinion.
0: So when whenever you were going through the trauma with your uh, stepfather, right? Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself coping with that situation? I mean, first off, how did it impact you?
1: Mm, I still think I'm is I still think it's impacting me. I don't think it's something I've processed fully.
0: Because you looked at him as your hero.
1: Mm-hmm. Those exact words. Yes, I looked at him as my hero. That's the man that I never thought he was perfect. And then when it happened, it's just like, yeah, you know. You never, you never, like, you hear people go through drugs and stuff all the time, but you never, um, when it happens to you, then it's like, it's different, you know. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually something I'm still processing. And it came up in my job because um, when I'm with my patients, a lot of times when they're resistant, sometimes I'll try to use, like, you know, I can use my stories with anxiety because I suffer very bad with anxiety. I have panic attacks, all that. But I can try to use that to relate to them, but oftentimes I try to relate about my dad. And, um, you know, my supervisor was like, you know, maybe that's something you still need to process because it's coming up so frequently in your session. And that's, you know, counter-transference as counselors when we're talking to people, and sometimes when we find ourselves like over-empathizing or doing too much in the session, that can be called counter-transference. And so that's something I just haven't processed yet at all. It's not something that I, I know I need to process it, but it's just not something that I'm just, it's just a scary thing.
0: Well, I understand that. So my next question was going to be, um, we don't have to dwell on that, mm-hmm. but how do you think that it impacted you? Did you feel like you was, because I know we you mentioned we mentioned black, you mentioned black and mouths briefly, mm-hmm. and I used to smoke black and mouths and I was stressed the fuck out. Oh, really? yeah,
1: that, those was like my best friends.
0: You ever mix black and mouth with some weed?
1: No, I can't do weed. Yeah. I've done it before. It, it gives me, weed gives me panic attack symptoms.
0: Like you be paranoid? I
1: get paranoid um i feel like it's kind of like what's the word um not manic but when you're um in fucking psychosis i get psychosis when i have that shit when you feel like you're seeing shit in your head and it just gives me i feel like i'm having a fucking panic attack i don't like it
0: oh well i hate I, it i'll tell you one thing if you smoke the weed with the black amount boy
1: it's a good balance
0: it's a match made in heaven I ain't yeah. going to lie to you. Or match me to hell because it ain't no good for you. but Yeah. Um,
1: them blacks, no. Yeah, no. Them blacks, man. Let me, I got a story about them. Them bitches started making my, my chest hurt. That's why I stopped smoking them.
0: They did something to them blacks, man.
1: Uh, what you trying to vouch for them? What do you mean?
0: No, what I mean is, all right. So back in the day, niggas were smoking. Maybe somebody might have been smoking um, regular blacks. When I was in college, I was smoking the wine, Black and Mouth.
1: Wine with
0: too? Yes. Wine was hitting, right? Yeah, there. <laughs> then, the, all of a sudden, out of the blue, the wine got bad. Like, they knew niggas was buying it. And they's like, all right, I'm going to spike this. And that shit got bad. So I went to the jazz, right? Mm-hmm. And the jazz was hitting, right?
1: It and was.
0: now it's like, when last time I smoked the Black and mild, it's like, it's your mixed batch. You're going to get one. That I'd be like, oh, this shit is good. Like the other one, your stomach fucked up. Your yeah. throat fucked up. Mm-hmm. Your chest like, hurt. Yeah. Your stomach fucked up. It's
1: not the same. It's like, mm-mm, no. I feel you. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've experienced that. That's why I put it down all together. Me too. Me too. Because I noticed the shift. I just, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I couldn't deal with it no more. And they that shit started to make my chest hurt.
0: They say it's like smoking five cigarettes
1: for one job. I heard it was like a pack, or like almost a pack.
0: Our lungs, this lungs is bad right I now. I don't know they fucked up. Yeah. yeah, I mean
1: shit. Whatever happens ten years from now, I mean I am just have to deal with it. But yeah, yeah but mm, but what you saying? Did about you
0: did you find that to be an addiction? The black, yeah.
1: Um, not really. Yes, kind of to a certain extent. To a That's certain what I extent. Because I started when I was eighteen, and then. As I got older, I would use them just kind of like I would stop. And then, like, a couple of days later, I'd buy another one. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then I met somebody who was, like, when you work in the addiction environment, this is not my first addiction job. So when you work in the addiction environment, you'll find yourself being around people that smoke a lot of cigarettes. So since I was already smoking black and mouths frequently, I started being around people that smoke cigarettes. And then that's how I got on cigarettes. And that was like six or seven months. And then, um, yeah, these days it's been vaping. But I will say it was like a minor addiction, but it's something that was able to be controlled. So I haven't smoked the black in a long time.
0: Well, maybe the addiction wasn't to uh, blacks, but it was the smoking.
1: It was smoking. Definitely yeah. nicotine. Oh, yeah. F- fuck yeah. Yeah, cuz that's definitely nicotine.
0: You cuz you basically just told me how you just tr- transition from one source of nicotine to another source of nicotine. Mhm.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So the addiction's still there. Well, maybe not now. Yeah. Maybe not now. Not now. You you're you're winding off of it. I'm
1: winding I'm I'm winding off of it. Um cuz vaping is hard to let go. It's something I've tried to do, but I haven't bought one in the past couple of days, but vaping is a very difficult thing to let go. Yeah. I,
0: I can understand. I say I couldn't do the vaping like that.
1: Um Vaping is very destructive too though. It's it's just as I bad heard, as a black. It's, I heard. Well, I'm telling you, it, it it make your chest hurt, it gives you anxiety, you're coughing, your chest burning. It's the same shit as a black and mouth, it's just not as much chemicals inside of it.
0: Well, depending on where you get that vape pen from, right? Yeah. Um, I've seen, there was a lot, I don't know if you remember, but several years back, there was a lot of college students, white people, that were buying vape pens, and they were like, you know, they were buying it from like the gas station and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them was getting cancer. Like they were getting like lung damage. Like, Oh,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: lung damage off of mm-hmm. that shit. Mm-hmm. That shit's terrible. It's terrible. Because yeah. you don't, they don't like, some. because you're like, what was happening was, some of these companies, like some of these Seven Eleven stores, they was buying vape pens, but they weren't buying it officially from the company. So some of them would be like,
1: like all counterfeit their, yeah. va- mm-hmm. vape pens. So mm-hmm.
0: you don't know. You didn't know what you smoking. Right. But, but the person buying it thinking, I'm just smoking this vape pen. But they were smoking some shit, and niggas' lungs was like...
1: Getting fucked up. Yeah, they
0: was like, I'm, I'm 25. My lungs is of like a seven year old man. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, that mm-hmm. shit was happening. Shit make
1: my lungs hurt now. Damn.
0: Yeah, so I got be careful with yeah, them Yeah, be babes. careful with them
1: vapes. Yeah, nah, facts. But th- I'm, I mean, I'm not even going to cap. Some of them, you get them, and it's like the first puff is like, yeah, this shit's too much, but you still keep doing that shit. Like I've had babes where I'm like, this shit's strong and it's pulling, but that shit hurt. As soon as you take that first puff, it's the strongest shit. You just keep smoking it.
0: So does it, it's, it gives you like a little buzz, a little high type of Vaping
1: is, is, is similar to a hookah, yeah. It's a different high. It's like it gives you like a, it's a buzz. It's a great buzz, actually. And then especially if, like I know we talked about mixing the black amount and, you know, you said alcohol.
0: Oh, black amount with the weed. With the weed, yes. Yeah.
1: It's similar to mixing the black amount and alcohol. Like, you have a couple of drinks that one night, a couple of beers, and then you hit your vape perfect into your night. It's uh, smooth.
0: I can believe it. It's smooth,
1: right? But, yeah, I just, you know, mm-mm. That's something I've been trying to put down. Because, yeah. It's terrible. It's terrible.
0: Especially especially if you're drunk, you probably hit that shit. It probably burn you, but, oh, you okay, keep smoking. Who gives a fuck? It yeah, burned, so, but yeah, you said yeah, 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 but that yeah. buzz
1: is lit. It burned, yeah, though.
0: Like, fuck that burning shit yeah, yeah that's right that yeah, shit right yeah oh yeah. Uh, yeah i ain't that right. <laughs> alcoholic everything feel right though i ain't gonna lie to you boy that's why i like yeah. that's yeah mm-hmm. like, everything feel right you don't give a fuck you know not fuck i'm gonna smoke it be you be out there in the middle of winter with no coat on drinking no some coat. liquor and smoking that black amount they'd be like it's all right out here it's warm but I feel good that shit feel good yeah. as fuck yeah.
1: <laughs> as fuck Wait. So, do you work in the human services field
0: too, or no? I don't work is- in human services. What I work on. Um, I do a, a training for people for dialysis, outpatient dialysis. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't even deal with people, customers.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: no. no, hell no. I should be a therapist, though. You should. Yeah, I should be a therapist. Why are you um, that? Um, I think I can talk to people, and um, I think that um, I can help people. To be honest with you, speaking to people. And uh, I think I can I have a lot of uh, good things to tell people and advice to give people, but you know what? Well, I realize nobody listens. They Don't listen. So I probably would be a terrible therapist. They ain't gonna, they ain't gonna fuck with. Mm-hmm.
1: So why? Well, I, I mean, too. why do you think you'd be a terrible therapist?
0: Because they ain't gonna listen. Mm-hmm. They ain't gonna listen to shit I say. Well,
1: therapy. Well, therapy is not about listening. It's about planting.
0: Instance, you know what? I, yeah, I'll be terrible. You won't I've been so fucking tired of hearing you talk about the same fucking shit two four seven. That's just so draining. That's a draining ass job.
1: Being a therapist, yeah, it is. It's very draining, but it's it's also it's draining when you as a therapist is not taking care of yourself. Yeah, because you're gonna if you chose to deal with this field, this is what you're gonna deal with every day. You're gonna deal with people and their emotions. Their needs, they want what they don't have, but it only becomes ten times more draining when we're not taking care of ourselves.
0: I can believe it. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm good.
1: Maybe there's one day, like how Eric about this next lifetime, your next lifetime, you'd be a therapist.
0: Nah, hopefully, I I, I don't even know if I want to come back for the next lifetime. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I hate it. You know what what it is is that um I love my family so much. If I can't come back with them, I mm-hmm. don't know if I wanna come, back. Wanna come yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. This is summarized, this addiction stuff. Um I mean, is anything that you know I mean, words of advice that you'll get to anybody, um, as far because, you know, you deal with patients to um anybody that may be dealing with for dealing with someone that is dealing with addiction like Any advice? from advice or anything you can say.
1: ultimately it's essentially your mental health. Um I think that the biggest advice I would give to people with addiction I think it's about the the amount of self-love you have for yourself. And so as you're going through it and as you feel like you're kind of hopeless and a lot of people with addiction feel shame and they feel guilt and they feel like there is no way out and because of their behaviors um then they just have to keep using or drinking because they've already done this bad thing. So I have to keep doing it. So they're shameful. Um, I think the biggest advice I would give is just kind of removing the victim label and creating a sense of self um, that calls for, you know, questions of like, okay, well, why do I do this? And then once you do that, it creates a sense of autonomy. And then that's when the, the work begins. Because then you start finding yourself again, and you start loving yourself again, but in order to do that, you gotta you know be willing and courageous enough to do that, but it takes time um so just breaking the chain and being courageous enough to ask the why behind it. So uh, that's my biggest advice for addiction
0: yeah, I agree, I agree mm-hmm. uh, definitely, definitely um figure out the root cause of your issues mm-hmm. and and I mean, I make things seem so black and white, my sister says. But you know, learn to either accept that, or try to work towards dealing with it. And, and that's my that's my advice. And I, and I, when, I, when you were saying that to me, addiction and depression seem like two peas in the pot, and they use AI. they go to hand in mm-hmm. hand. You know what I mean? It's just how you decide to cope with it. addiction. Might be I'm gonna abuse drugs. And depression mm-hmm. might be like, I'm going to use drugs, but it might be like, eh, I'm just going to kill myself. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So for sure. For sure.
0: I agree, man. Get to the root of the problem. And uh, and
1: keep God first, too. And and whoever your higher power is, keep them first. Um, I think that for me, ultimately, because you have a lot of times when you question God or you question who your higher power is. um, But it's you just got to make sure in those times where it does feel uncomfortable and it feels like your questions aren't being answered just to always stay focused because in those moments, and that's where we start to kind of stray and that leaves room for the devil to come in and make things up. That's not even true. So just stay in the course and keep God first.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Um, i praise the most high. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, uh, stay focused because, as I mentioned to you before off camera, I do believe that maybe God doesn't interfere with our decisions mm-hmm. and the ag- and consequences of our decisions or someone mm-hmm. else's decisions. Yeah. But definitely believe that He does come along and try to help you. He does. And prevent you from certain things. And we just be like, ah, no, nah, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do what, you know what? I want to
1: yeah. do regardless. We're not being obedient.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like don't put your hand in the fire. You know what? I think I want. I think
1: to. I want to do yeah. it because I think it, it'll feel good. It'll make me feel good. That's the ego. Yeah.
0: So. For sure, kill the ego because the ego. 20, if not the ego will kill you. Yep. So. Sure. But I mean, we are gonna wrap it up because we did go over um time. We did it like,
1: we did, like hour and like hours and change. Yeah.
0: For sure. So, but you know, I'll, I'll probably cut some of this out. But like, I do want to speak on colorism and there was something else we touched on. I can't think of that one I wanna to, to touch on so we can do this again, but uh I'm glad you were less nervous. Yeah, you know, saying it's not that serious, right? No. No, uh, no, it's just a regular conversation and that's mm-hmm. you know, that's all you gotta have is a regular conversation. But you wanna wrap this up. And again, um this is room twelve thirty one and we signed it out. Oh, did you wanna drop your IG? IG?
1: Yeah, my I G is Queen that's Q E E N N I A Queen Nia M S. Don't really have that many followers, so don't be hating. But yeah, follow me on IG.
0: Yeah, and I don't got followers neither, so being <laughs> the same thing. So but definitely again, um, thank you for joining us and this is room twelve thirty one. I go by the name of Gully and we're out. <laughs> yeah.